I'm Sophie, and you're listening to Navigating New York, a podcast where I chat with people living and working in one of the most fast-paced cities in the world. Through these conversations, I hope to make living in the Big Apple a little less overwhelming. As the song goes, if you can make it here, you'll make it anywhere. So whether you're living here now, planning to move, or just interested in hearing real stories from people pursuing that American dream, I hope that you enjoy. On this week's episode, I chat with Mary O'Halloran, a Mayo woman who has been living in New York for 30 years. She is owner of Mario's Bar and Restaurant in the East Village and has been making Irish scones and sending them all over the US while her bar has been closed due to COVID. Mary has made headlines with her baking and was recently on New York One News as well as RTE2FM at home. People have now been ordering her scones from California and beyond since Mary was recognised for all the charitable work she does for people in her neighbourhood. Mary O's has been a popular East Village local since opening in 2009. We chat about how special a place it is, as well as the hard work she has put in there for over a decade that has resulted in it being an extremely popular bar and restaurant. I think Mary is so inspirational because on top of running her own business, Mary has raised her six kids in New York. We chat about the pros and cons of raising a family in New York and in Ireland. I caught up with Mary while she was busy baking in her kitchen, so please forgive a few sound glitches we had. Mary's delicious scones can be ordered through her website, maryos.nyc, and I think they are the perfect present for friends or family over the month of March. I love how positive and hardworking Mary is, and I hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. Mary, hello. Hello, my darling. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good, thank you. I'm like a gypsy in the kitchen, so I am. I'm like... <laughs> I'm covered in flour. I'm like, I, I look a mess, but I said to heck with it. Just keep going. So happy that you're doing this for me. And I think people are just going to, anyone who doesn't know you will just be so impressed by your story. So we'll get started. Mary, I'm so very grateful for your time today. Uh, between making the best Irish scones in New York and making headlines and running in, running around in your kitchen um don't mind the six kids you have to look after as well you've made time for this wee chat so I'm absolutely deli- delighted that you're on navigating New York and I thought we should start from the very beginning you're a proud male woman when did you move to New York first of all so I came here in oh my god I have to think 1999 um I came from college for a summer no not nine, God, 1990 I came for a summer from college and um, I came back for three summers and then I came back and I stayed. So I'm here 29 years, 30 years almost. Wow. And you've had Mario since 2009. Yes. Yeah. So, so I opened Mario in 2009. And what had you been doing before you opened Mario's? Were you always working in kind of the restaurant service industry before that? I worked in an Irish pub and restaurant and, um, I thought that's what I always did. The first job I had when I came for a summer was working in an Irish country and Western bar. And I had no clue, but it was like the best job. It was so great because it was so much fun, you know, because it was like live country music and they had a dance floor and it was just really, really, you know, it was phenomenal. When I look back now at it, like it was, oh my God, I was so lucky. And then when I came back after finishing in college, I just started working at a barn. I never left it. And then I always 
say, you know, God, I'd love to open my own pub, you know, but I always was sort of, I always had the, um, the idea that I'd end up moving back home. And um, after I had three children, we decided to move home. And uh, it was just around about the end of the tiger. So it was like a very bad time to move. Everything was really on a downer at home. So I coming back. And uh, when I came back, I knew I was like, all right, that's it. I'm not going back to work for anybody else. I'm going to just go for it and open my own place. Do you think that going home and seeing how bad things were there made you sort of appreciate just how much you could be your own entrepreneur nearly in New York? Like, did that sort of open your eyes to the opportunity that was here for you? Yeah, I think my home was great. You know, it was fantastic. But it was too just bad timing it was too difficult everything was so expensive and it just everything you know was on the downturn mm-hmm. and, and I, really and truly I think my heart was in New York you know and I just needed to go there see if I wanted to be there or not I did come back and then I knew I'm like all right well I know that I don't want to be in Ireland now New York is what it is you know? but yeah. you know how when you're, you're here for a while and you have kids and you hear all the same thing from people it's like oh move home because of the kids you know they'll have a better time at home you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. so you do that and you want to try it and see it you know um but for me I I don't know just I ended up back in the city I ended up back in New York and that was it you know oh, I love it I love it because I think I know even you know some of my friends who are now having babies and that's the question on everyone's mind it's like should I go home and have all the help of my family is New York going to be too hard to raise a family and it too expensive and what would you say to that Mary because you've you've six kids right yeah well I think my my memory of being at home right was that I went home I went home to like this lovely fancy house that uh in Galway um, my sister, her husband was a builder during the um, Tiger, and they had these lovely houses. So we rented this gorgeous four-bedroom house, four bathrooms, kitchen, you know, the whole works, right? And I remember being there, and you know, I used to think there'd be nights I was there, and I'd say, "Oh God, give me my two bedrooms and my one bathroom back in Manhattan. I'll figure it out." And also, then my oldest child, he was four, and he was starting school. And it was really cute. He was in this little school down by where we lived, you know, and they spoke Irish. You know, it was like a Gale, Gale school. Yeah. I always remember him sitting at the table and I'm saying to me, um, uh, it was the word red and it was jarog, you know, was red. And uh, he was he was looking for a pian jarog, right? And it was a red pin, you know. But I remember standing there and thinking, oh, my God, I can't remember half of this. You know, like I... Then I remember I'd bring him into school in the morning, you know, and he'd run in and he'd run around the back of the school. And there was like a little chalet, you know, at the back of the school yeah. where the baby infants or whatever, you know, he would, he'd run into school and, you know, it just kind of like made me, it brought me back in time, you know? Yeah. And I used to think, Jesus, have I moved forward or have I gone back? You know? Yeah. yeah. But, and, and then I always remember the other thing about home was I'd come out in the morning and I'd have to turn the car on to defrost the windscreen, you know, because it'd be so cold, you know, yeah. and the, the windscreen frozen over and then I'd be driving slow on the road and 
you know, and I can remember thinking, oh, like all that stuff you forget about when you come and live in New York City, you know, yeah. and really go back and adjust to it. Mm -hmm. But my sister, I would say, how do you live here? Like you're continuously behind the, the um, you know, behind the wheel of the car. And it is windshield wipers going all the time because it's continuously raining. Mm -hmm. But as you said, you don't realize it when you live here all the time because you know it's like you've just gotten used to something else that's why it's you know why you find it so difficult you mm -hmm. know but um but yeah so I do think though you know New York was in my heart and soul I wanted to be here but I needed to know that Ireland was not the place for me you know yeah you had to get it out of your system and that's great then because then you weren't feeling like you were living a half life here you know and always guessing and asking yourself because funny, I was speaking to um, John Duddy on my last podcast and we were talking about that notion of home. And when you've been living here for a long time and you go home, you wonder, has home changed or have you changed? Or, you know, you're at a different pace of life and people are have gone in different directions and it's sort of hard to slot back in. And it's it's also you're sort of it's like running on a treadmill. You're not going to get anywhere if you keep worrying about you know which one is home you should just he was basically saying home is where you make it and what you carry you know with you so I love that you've you've said you know that there's no there's no guilt in in just admitting that your your Ireland wasn't what you've remembered now I was just going to say you know when you have children it changes everything you know so what you want to do is you want the best for them so when you hear everybody saying oh yeah just go home go home to Ireland you know, you think that that's the right thing to do, you know? And like, it is really tough to survive in New York City with kids, whether you have two or six or whatever you have. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you just have to, like, for me, I just go with it. And I, I, you know, I don't cost everything simple. And I try to make the most of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And like my kids, they'll say, oh, you know, why can't I have my own bedroom? And, you know, stuff like that. And I say, well, this is how it is you just you know there's nothing you can do about it you know yeah so, yeah that's you know it's like I say people just say to me how do you survive with three bedrooms and one bathroom and I say you know what they don't miss what they've never had you know and they can ask about it and they can want it but you know this is what you have and you just have to deal with it you know and they have the privilege of living in Manhattan, which is huge. Yes. You know, and it's it's interesting because my oldest boy, he's um he's 17 and um he he wants well he's he's almost 99% certain he's going to go to college in Ireland, you know. Yeah. But just said to me the other day, I said, Well, maybe you'd stay in Ireland, maybe you'd live there. And he said, Are you crazy? He said, I'll go to college and stuff. But he said, I'm coming back to New York. And I'm like, why would you want to come back to New York? And he's like, you're crazy. It's the best city in the world. So when your kids tell you that, then that's huge, you know? So good. That is so cool. I love to hear that. Miri, I can never believe how many extracurricular activities there are for kids going to school in New York. How did you balance six kids going to school and all of these extra after school activities and everything in between transport and getting one kid to one place and another to another? as well as open and run your own bar. How have you managed to do that? I just did it. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, I'd be like a maniac going, you know, but 
I just I just juggled it and you know figured it out and you know I'd have like maybe like uh, another mom pick the kids up from school and take them to practice and we'd take turns and stuff doing it or I'd have like you know my neighbor you know run and pick them up from school if I was stuck stuff like that but otherwise I would do it myself or I have we have like one really good friend here who like the kids you know it's like she's like their auntie so she would jump in and help us as well um because my husband works away you know so he works in Alaska so when he's here it's fine because he would do it and take care of it but when he's away it would be the time that I would really have to like juggle you know but you just do it that's it you know and how long would he be away for at a time uh he would go away for about three months and then he comes back for maybe depends he goes like one trip that he does he does three months in the year and then the other trip he does is four months and so he'd he'd go away for three come back for about a month go for four and then come back okay so there's yeah at least there's prolonged periods when he's back yeah he stays here for like he could stay from november through january so which is great because then he gets to spend all the time with the kids and then i guess one thing i i suppose you always hear people saying about having kids in the city is that they grow up really fast do you think that's true yeah for sure i feel like they are more aware um they are extremely um they're just more with it I think when it comes to people and stuff you know like Patrick going to Ireland I have absolutely no worry at all you know like because I feel like you know how to navigate New York love it so you know what I mean you could you're able to navigate any city in the world because you know they go out now like my older boys will go out and you know they do whatever they have to do around the city and it really stands to them you know like they're they're well able to go you know and what's really is striking about your story Mary is that it sounds like all of the things that you associate with having a family at home you've managed to establish that in New York you know like your your neighbors are your in our building where we live in Stuyvesant town um all our neighbors are it's like you know we're the we're the big Irish family in the building And they all are unbelievable. Like they, you know, you'll I'll come home some nights and there's like, you know, a bag of donuts left on the door, or you know, there's a note saying, "Hey, can one of the boys come down and help me move a chest of drawers?" Or, you know, stuff. So you know, you just you develop relationships with these people, and it's something that just sticks like glue, you know, because. Um, you know I don't know how to put it but um you know there's a lot of older people that live in our building that their kids are raised and stuff so they look at my kids and they're you know they love it they love to see the kids growing up you know like this one little old lady that she lives in our building and she walks with a walker and a couple of months ago just I passed her and I opened the door or whatever you know and I said oh how are you doing or whatever and she said oh she said look at her she's so big and then she goes oh she said I've watched all your children growing up and she goes your boys oh the size of them you know yeah (laughs) you know to me it's nothing like I don't pay attention to it but these people you know they see it and they love it and they feel that they're a part of it as well you know which is great you know and the same same thing like Mario's in the restaurant with all the regular customers and stuff like 
all the regulars are a part of, you know, the kids and, you know, growing up. And like with Patrick, there were several of the customers, you know, that like reading his college uh, essay, and, you know, like encouraging them to, you know, put in applications and do this and do that, you know, and then they're all excited, you know, when they hear what goes on, you know, oh. or like you know, when they were younger, you know, if they would be playing like a basketball game or whatever it would be. And like, like one year, Christopher was in, um, he was in a school play, you know. And, uh, oh, my God, so many of the customers came to the play thing ever, you know. But you do have it. Of course you have it. You have that brilliant community of people, you know. Yeah. About people love, I feel like people love that sort of big Irish family feel, you know. It's, it's like, a, you know, it's just people just love it. And they encourage you, like they help you, you know, and they, they're really enthusiastic, you know, to see you get on, you know. Yeah, that's so good to hear. If anyone just has never been to Mirio, it's like walking in somebody's front room in Ireland. It's just cozy. It's welcoming. The food yeah. is delicious. The, the, the like mood is so good. And you feel like everybody yeah. in there knows each other, probably because a lot of them do. And they're your regulars. But that yeah. basis, that family vibe that you're talking about seems to be the basis on which Mirio's really thrived over since 2009. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100% correct. I couldn't say it better than you just did. Oh, that's so good. And I suppose it's been a nice way for your kids to have a center in Manhattan as well. You know, like, just think that they can always pop in and pop out. And then you've got like six pairs of extra hands when you need them. Do you put them all to work? It's interesting because the kids, you know, when when Patrick and Christopher started in high school, I thought, okay, you know, they'll forget about Muriel's. They won't tell their teachers or, you know, whatever it is. Because, you know, when they're younger, they're always like, oh, you know, my mom's restaurant, you know. Yeah. And like, you know, I would bring food into the teachers and, you know, different stuff, you know. But, oh, my God, Patrick went into high school. It, it just continued. And it's not something that really, you know, should continue because yeah. he's getting older. Yeah. But he could win and, like, tell them about mother's soda bread or whatever it is you know and they've been Irish American society in the school and uh you know he'd bring in the Irish soda bread you know real proud of himself you know so it's like it's their identity you know the bar is like you know it's they're, they're so proud of it you know mm. so it's it's it stands to them it's great like they just you know they meet so many different people as well when they're in the bar you know you meet like you meet all sorts and I think that's great for them that's you know that's a lot got to do with like as they grow up they're really able you know to go out and talk to people properly and you know they kind of like I I guess they age fast you know shake somebody's hand look them in the eye tell them it's nice to meet them you know you know be able to thank somebody for doing something for you properly you know um like I think you 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 know you would be able to tell the kids have grown up in a bar and restaurant that they're you know they're you know they're well able with people to interact and they just know how but it's, it's not even that they know how I think they have it naturally because they have grown up in it do you know what I'm saying yeah a hundred percent it's like yeah. they have that gift of connecting with people that you really get it's kind of like a very Irish upbringing in Manhattan it's so cool and so unique so Mary you said did you say you moved over here in 1990 yes I did so you've been here for 30 years 30 years is that correct 1990 I came for well I actually I'm 89 for a summer from college 
I came in 90 and 91. So then I stayed in 91. Okay. Yes. I will be here, what, 30 years next May. Yeah. Oh my God. We're in 21 already. Yeah. Yeah. If you need to answer your phone, you can. I can edit this. It's okay. My neighbor, this is, this is what we were just talking about, yeah. um, about neighbors helping. So when Mary Rose started selling soda bread scones online, my neighbor next door, she owns a doggy daycare center. Right. And, you know, computer, you know, she's able to go in and do everything. One, two, three. So when I got busy, she was like, all right, I'll help you. And you know, I'll get you organized and everything. And that's like a month ago. And she hasn't left. <laughs> she's oh still here. God. She comes every day. She's funny. She has and she'd just be like if it's the kids she's like uh hold on and you know they're either allowed to talk or they're not hello how are you <laughs> you're on the podcast what's your name my name's alexia alexia can oh, you yeah. tell can you tell our listeners what is so special about mario mary is the most amazing neighbor a girl could ask for in the middle of new york city i have found a sister a mother she <laughs> takes such good care of me and the least i can do is help her with her amazing business all i want is for everyone to try these scones i'm so proud of her and, and she's unreal she really knows oh how to talk oh my god she saved me and i mean saved me she, she saved, saved me many times in the past but listen she said to me okay i'll just do a spreadsheet and do a spreadsheet and i was like uh i don't know how to do a spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> you make the scones she does the spreadsheets and one week i got really busy because of the roger clock coming you know doing the human interest story so i got so there was like tons of scones to make and she said get in the kitchen you can't talk to people you can't do anything get in there you just make the scones so I was out of the kitchen for about three days <laughs> so you know to pick up the scones and she wouldn't let me go out because I would talk too much <laughs> someone's got to tell her Alexa I'm so glad you're doing it but you weren't there and I was like I know I'm in the kitchen don't worry I was there Oh my God. Yeah. You know, nice to meet you. Keep up the amazing work. Oh, that is so funny, Mary. You'd be sitting talking to people all day and there'd be scones burning in the oven. What happens is you, you start talking to somebody and it takes five minutes and then you go on to the next person, you know. And I used to, I, well, I've gotten better at it now, but I'd say to Alexia, oh my God, I've burnt another batch. You know, even for like, you know, three minutes more than they should be in the oven, then, you know, it's no good, you know. Yeah. But what kind of numbers of scones are you making at the moment? Like, because just for people listening, Mario has gone basically viral because of her Irish soda bread, soda bread scones that are delicious. And she is mailing them out to people all over New York. You can order online. I'll say it all at the end, but you can order them online and they come to your door in the most cute little box with Irish butter and raspberry jam. And she has little instructions of how to heat them up. And you've been on New York One, you've been on RT FM at home about these scones. You've you've gone global with them. So have have your have the orders just what what was the idea? Because obviously Mirio's has been out of business because of COVID. Well, you know, um, I used to like I make soda bread all the time and I used to make the scones. And really the people who do my Irish music session, the people who run it, um, her, the girl that 
heads it. Her name is Caitlin Werbelow. And um, she was the one that was like, you just need to sell those phones online and let's set it up and let's do it. And, you know, so what they did was they started the music session, the Thursday night session that we have. Caitlin set it up online and they used to do it live every, they still do it, but they do it live every Thursday night. Um, uh, and um, sorry now, I just got thrown off because I can hear my son's voice out there. <laughs> no problem. No, she told him not to come in. But anyway, so Caitlin really needed to sell the phones. And what we did was we started doing it first just with her session people. So the people that she had watching the session on Thursday nights on YouTube, um, she just promoted it to them first. So it was like a little tester, you know, mm -hmm. and people bought them and they loved them. And then um, at Christmas and Thanksgiving, I got quite a few orders just, you know, from word of mouth and people talking about it. And Caitlin, she, she kept saying to me, I think I'll just put it out there now. I'll put it out on Facebook to everybody, you know, and I was like, oh, God, I don't know. And I think I, I kept thinking, if we do it, will it work? You know, and in my heart and soul, I kept saying thinking in my head, you know, if I get it out there to people, they will love it and they will they will order because it's so basic and simple, you know? And it's like a real, you know, you sit down and you have that cup of tea and that scone with the butter and the jam and you just eat it. And it's like, you just, it just makes you feel good, you know? But anyway, so, um, so anyway, she put it out then for everybody. And at Christmas and Thanksgiving, we got quite a lot of orders. Um, and I was mailing them through the post office which was kind of a bit of a disaster because of the way things were over Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, with people not getting orders and yeah. stuff like that. Got through it. And then Roger Clark came and did the human interest story. And just that week, just like it, there was people coming out of the woodwork, you know, um, wanting to buy scones and come and tapping on the window. Cause remember everything is shut down. Closed. There's a sign on the door that says, you know, no entry due to COVID. But people would come tapping on the window and like one one day after Roger Clark, these two guys came to the window and it was, it was just brilliant. Like they came and I looked and I was like, oh my God, who are these? Who are these two, you know? Yeah. And they, they came and we saw you on New York One. You know, could we get some, cut some of your scones? So I said, all right, but you have to wait a few minutes because they're in the oven, you know? And I was like, I was making batches as I was going along. Anyway, for these two lads, I said, I'll come out to you when they're ready. But I came out to them in their car and gave them the scones, you know. And uh, I just said to them, you know, where, where are you from? And they drove all the way in from somewhere way out in Brooklyn just to come to get the scones because they wow. saw them. Oh, but, um, you know, people just, they, they just started coming to the window and then people started ordering online and stuff. So for the first, like, maybe two weeks after Roger Clark, like, it was, like, a lot of work because there was scone after scone after scone. And I was on my own, you know, apart from Alexia. And then I had some regular customers come in and help me, you know, bail me out, you know, close mm -hmm. boxes and all that kind of stuff. So now in the last, like, say, two weeks, you know, it's still, I mean, there's still uh, a lot of orders. You know, there's a lot more than I ever thought there would be. And I hope that... I'm thinking that what's going to happen is for coming up now to St. Patrick's Day, you know what I mean? There'll be like a lot of people ordering. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a great little gift. 
you know? Like it's a really unusual little gift to send to somebody because I think it's so basic. Like the wrapping is so basic. Everything is really simple. And the whole idea, like I would say to Caitlin when I started doing it first, I used to say to her, I don't want it fancy. I only want it basic, like it's coming from your mother's kitchen. You know, it can't be anything like that looks like it's, you know, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to like. hundred percent. It's so cute. Honest to God, that's, that's what you're saying is so what, whenever I opened my post box, my mailbox the other day and I saw the little, the box, I was like, I wonder what this is. And then when I opened it and like the, the plain cardboard, like the little label and then the nice paper inside and the butter and jam and the scones just look so nice and delicious. And it's so, it's just such a little gift from home. It just, the moment, even before I put them in the oven, I was just like, this is so sweet. You know, people just love it. And you, as you say, it's an unusual, but very, very unique gift because I put up a photo of the scones on my Instagram page and a lady wrote to me from Longford at home. She said, I've just ordered these for my brother in Manhattan from Longford. I know exactly who it is because she put a note in and she said, she said, I used to make scones for my brother all the time um I saw it yeah I saw it I know that this was it started from from what I watched on New York one it started as just something for you to do keep busy while everything is closed and has it at all relieved any of the any of the losses you've had oh no no um it's you know this is what I say to people I say well I charge 18 dollars a box for the scones the sad part to it is the shipping is so expensive so people have to pay for the shipping so that's why the price when I decided on the price it was like just keep it down so that people you know because mm. I feel awful that people have to pay so much for shipping you know but it's that's like out of my hand if you think about it like I would have to to take in eighteen hundred dollars I would have to do a hundred boxes of scones like that's a lot of work you yes. know Yes, I know. I know. But why are you keeping it going then, Mary? Well, because I love it and because it's really exciting. And if you saw the notes that I get from people, like thanking me for them and how much they love them. And like, oh, my God, some of the stuff that people write and that they send me, it's just there's no way I would stop doing it. You know, it's not something that you would make a ton of money out of or anything, or I would never, ever, ever in a billion years pay my rent. Mm -hmm. But there's something really special about it. I have started or while I started putting, um, you know, the comments that people send, I started putting them up on my Facebook page, you know, some of them, you would be in stitches laughing. Mm -hmm. Like one one morning she sent me a message and she said oh my god I loved them and then she put on it uh what was it um I think I've gained 10 pounds my husband went to the freezer to get one and they were gone (laughs) you know (laughs) so funny and but then you have the people who really send beautiful messages like one woman she sent me a message and she had sent them to California and I felt so guilty because it was like the shipping was really expensive you know But she sent me a message and told me that it was for her friend who had been sick. She sent me the message that, that, you know, that the scones were received and that how wonderful they were and how happy her friend was to have them. And that it was so, you know, it was like one of the best things that he could have ever got. You know, a couple of days later, I actually get an email from him and he is saying to me, you know, I got your scones, you know, I'm recuperating from an accident and he had shared them with his nieces and it just 
just the way he worded it. Like, I'm terrible, I'm such a sap, but like I would sit there and I would start to cry looking at it, thinking like that this is what the scone does for people, you know? Mm. But I think that people kind of, they've seen the story and they know like what Mary, they kind of get a feel for what Mary Rose is about. Mm -hmm. So then when going and it tastes good, you know, people are happy that they're, yeah. people feel like, like everybody is sort of contributing to try to keep things going, you know? Absolutely, and they're all part of something. They're all part yeah. of Mario's family. I love it. I feel for people who own businesses so much at the minute and especially bars and restaurants. Like, how have you not let it get you down? Well, at the beginning, I was, you know, in uh, there was days and I was like, what the heck am I doing, right? At the beginning, you're kind of, you're saying to yourself, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, and you keep thinking, oh, well, you know, like I used to keep thinking, okay, well, two months time, it'll all be over, everything will be fine. But that's obviously not the case. I don't know. I think really what has kept me going are the people, you know, like my regular customers, people who support me. I'm really, 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 really lucky. I have the most amazing regular customers. Like these people, like I remember one, one day, one of the regulars, he came to the door and he was like, how are you doing? You know, I'm just checking on you. And he's like, look, we'll help you. You know, once this is all over, we'll help you. You'll get back on your feet, you know, and stuff. And I remember looking at him and thinking, oh my God, like how lucky am I, you know? And, you know, I feel like people really come together and they, they just, they keep going and help you. And like, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter who it is or what they want to do for you. Like, and for me, I always, like anybody, I always welcome whatever I'm offered, you know? Um, and it's just, I don't know, you just keep going. Like, mm. just keep going and that's it. And I'm as hell, I won't give up, of course. <laughs> Mary, we're going to wrap it up soon because I know you've got a million scones to make. But I just wanted to ask you about the location of Mario. So it's 32 Avenue A. It's like Alphabet City, you know, East Village. It's so quirky it's such a cool place to have a bar and and walking past Mario's you nearly wouldn't expect to see an Irish bar there just wondering what attracted you to the area for a long time I had scouted around and looked at different places you know and really I don't know I just I liked the location I always kind of liked the East Village you know because it's kind of cool you know and, um yeah so uh I guess just Really, the neighborhood was what I, I wanted because you know you're living in New York. You know it's New York City, but it's not like, you know, the Times Square type of thing, you know? And I do always say that, like, down here, you still have, like, your regular, regular Joe Soap living around the corner, you know? Because, like, the rents are really expensive, but still, there's people who have lived here for years and years and years. So it's like, it's real neighborhood, you know? Yeah. And that's what I love about it, because for the bar, like, it's a real neighborhood bar, you know? And I guess really, it was just the location. Have you always been passionate about cooking? Or did that develop when you opened Mario's? I would say I always liked to cook. And when I opened Mario's, I think... I'm such a fuss pot that when it comes to cooking something that like, I always want to do it myself, you know? Yeah. And like, I, I don't know, there's something about it when I make the dishes that I make, like I just love doing it, you know? And everything is so simple. Like the dishes are so simple. They're just homemade, simple, simple dishes. Pie, the shepherd's pie is like the most simple dish, but it is so tasty.
like people just love it you know Mary, you must be the most highly reviewed bar and restaurant in all of New York because if anybody just searches Mario's, the reviews that come up are five star and everybody says basically the same thing, that this is the most cozy, welcoming, lovely bar with the most gorgeous traditional Irish food. And that's what I love about it, especially is there's no bells and whistles. It's so like simple, just like your scones, it's simple and tasty and and very homey and I think you've, you've just got that to a T. I think people need to feel like they're part of something and it's so oh, nice that you're still there for them you know. People need it you know they want it they want that social interaction with others you know they have to have it. I just had a couple today drive in from they were from New Jersey and they came in because the the music session they had a they had a concert, a Valentine's Day concert. Their company is called Tune Supply. And so they do these concerts online. Yeah. And so on Wednesday, they had a concert. No, Sunday it was for Valentine's Day. They had a concert online. But on Thursday, they did their session. Uh, at the session, they do some bingo, it's called, who won a box of scones from Mario's. <sighs> and the couple arrived in today to pick up the scones. And they all separate pie, right? Really, really nice. Like, such good people. They were the, the two of them were lovely. And when they left, the man, he had written me a note in, the, in an envelope, you know? And there was a hundred dollars in it and he had written, dear Mary, and he talked about, because I do these shepherd's pies, we donate shepherd's pies to people in need, but he had put a hundred dollars in the envelope to give me for, to donate shepherd's pies to people. And he had this beautiful note written and he was like, I'm so grateful, you know, that you do what you do and just so lovely. But people are amazing like that, you know? And like you said, they because they, they feel a certain attachment to the place when they do stuff like that, you know? And they see that it's real and that's so important. So important, Mario. And oh my God, I hope you know that you bring all these people together. You're the reason all these people are doing these charitable things. And it's so good to see that you're staying so positive in spite of everything going on. And I'm just, I'm just so excited for us all to go to Mario's when everything is normal are you gonna have the biggest session and <laughs> you're gonna have like a Mario month I'd say I can't wait <laughs> it'll it'll be great Mario I want to thank you so much for your time today I wish you all the best over Patrick's Day and the month of March and I can't wait to get back into Mario's I can't wait for you to come see us thank you for having me Thank